Okay, let's get started with Parshas Matos and Masay, Tavshin Pe Gimel, double Parsha. As we finish off Sefer Bamidbar, Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazek, also Shabbos Mavarchim, Chodesh Av, uh, and we uh, know what time period we're coming into, but Hashem we daven when it will be happy days, but right now we're still in the three weeks of mourning for the Churban Abayas. And we started with Parshas Matos, which starts off with the section of Nedarim. Nedarim is all about Koach HaDibur, the unique Dibur of Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? We mentioned in the past, we focused on the Rashi. Rashi quotes on Zehadavar, Moshe Rabbeinu, Bikoamar Hashem, Kachatzos Alayla. Moshe Rabbeinu uh, prophesies with Koamar Hashem, which is, so Hashem says, which is not a... Um, uh, direct dictation and clear revelation. So to all the other Nevi'im, Moshe Rabbeinu shared with other Nevi'im certain types of prophecy, but Moshe, Moshe, but Moshe Rabbeinu had an added level, he also had Zehadavar, which means clarity, divine clarity, Zehadavar, as if you could you could point. Every time it says the word ze in the Torah, it means you could point to it. Ze represents clarity of vision. And Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah had clarity of vision, ze hadavar, uh, even here. Yaakov Kamenetsky, we've mentioned in past years, um, reflects that Dafka, we have this message in the beginning of Parshas Matos, even though we've had Moshe Rabbeinu in many Parshios up until now, because here, as we will talk about, is about, it's about creating, creating new. So one might think creating new, Moshe Rabbeinu maybe created new topics, gave new content based on what he heard from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. No, Zehadavar, it's direct dictation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu talked to him word for word, letter for letter. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down uh, as a scribe to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, and that's reflected by Zehadavar. But the Pesach tells us that if one makes a neder, kechol hayotzimi pivyase, whatever he says, he has to make sure to fulfill, that's paraglamid, Pasik Gimel, to make sure he fulfills. If you look in source number one, Bishas Tafshin Nun Aleph. In Tafshin Nun Aleph, Chal Tzoma Tishabab Motzai Shabbos. So, you know, Tishabab was on Sunday. Hagon Rabbi Yehuda Tztaka, right? One of the Gaonim from our generation. Shayabab Yamim Niskaklin Atilas Trufos Ekev Matzav Ryuto. He needed to take medicine. Harofei Harofei Asar Lavlatzum. The doctor said he's not allowed to fast. And therefore, he has to eat. So the children heard, um, I mean, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, his family of the Rav called the child from the neighbors. Right, so they'll hear the Rav say, make Abdallah, and then, but somebody will, will, uh, a little child will drink the cup because he has to make Abdallah so that he doesn't have to drink the wine, but he'll drink, he'll eat whatever he needs, he needs to eat. After the little boy drank the cup of wine that Rabbi Yehuda used for Havdalah, the Rabbanit, the Rebetzin, wanted to give the child a little sweet, a little sweet, a little candy. But Rabbi Yehuda said, it's Tishabav. I know the child helped me out, but it's Tishabav. And we also have to teach him, maybe Mechanichim, that it's Tishabav. All of Klai Yisrael are fasting. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night, Sunday night, come back tomorrow night, and I'll give you the candy. The next day, Sunday night, right after the song was over, bring me the child. 
Bring me the child that drank yesterday. I want to give him the candy. The father of the child said, forget it. He doesn't remember it. It's okay. He doesn't remember it. He doesn't eat the candy. Says the um, setter butte that stuck up. Maybe he forgot, but I didn't forget. And it's not about him. It's about me. If I told him I'm going to do something, if I promise something, so then, right? Every, every, each of us have to remember that as a parent, as a parent, as a grandparent, as a friend, we have to try to do what we can. The importance of honesty, the importance of sticking to one's word and how careful we have to be, right? There's a story that is uh, told, a number of the Rabbanim today were there, that Rav Salvechik, uh, used to fly back to Boston, to and, to, uh, to and from Boston each week. Um, he flew in and he gave shear in Yeshiva University on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then he flew back to Boston. And it was a Thursday and he was giving shear. And he always gave long shiurim, two, three, four hours. And he was going and going and going. And they, they were, he was going many hours over even his normally long time. And they passed him a note and said, Rebbe, you got to catch your plane back. you got to catch your shuttle back. So he looks at the note and he says, I don't know what to do. I said yesterday we're going to finish the Tosfus. But... We didn't finish the Tosfos yet. So how could I leave? And I didn't say Belined there. So they said, Rabbi, just finish it. Read the Tosfos. He's like, no, that's not called doing the Tosfos. We have to finish the Tosfos. See, he was Mater Neder. He was Mater Neder. And for then on, whenever Rav Salvechik said, they're going to do something the next day, everybody screamed out, Belined there. Belined there. But he was Makbit. He said something. He wanted to do it. He wanted to finish it. So this is the Parsha of Nidarim as the first of our Parshias start out. There is a message of Nidarim uh, that many uh, talk about. We're going to see it this year through the eyes of Rabbi Steinzaltz in the Chaye Olam. Rabbi Steinzaltz writes, Yitziras Kedusha. Yitziras Kedusha. Right, he quotes the Pasik. Etzim ha'inyan hu tamua. The whole idea of Nidarim is wondrous. Is wondrous. Eich bechlal yesh dvarim kemoshvuos konamos v'isarim. How does it work? How is there such a concept? Of a neder and a shvua, hakovim shem amar adam shaloyas adavar mesuyam bemez azulalasoso. Hashem can tell me what to do and what not to do. I could I could say something and I could aser. It's aser for me to go into the house. So then it's aser for me to go into the house. That's a religious precept, a religious command. What other religion has that? You can make a promise. Okay, you're violating your promise, but but to aser something like inherently. Where, where does that come from? Where does that ability come from? So what is the, the simple thought tells us? I understand I should get malchus, I should get punished for eating pig or doing malachan yantiv. These come from Hashem. I could get malchus if I say konam on, I say for plony. This sefer is asr to me. And then I go and read it. Falamad ba'oso sefer. How is that? How is that? That lo I could create it. Me'efo ba'akoach she'ish la'adam. Lo rak l'kvoa iser. Elor gam la'havilakach. She'shim she'bezdin yamdu ala'avashkeish lo'yachad varo. Bezdin's going to punish me for something that I said. How, how is that? How does that work? Says Rav Steinzalz. Yesh kan ma'recha shlema chadasha shalisurim. It's a whole new... Um, framework of Isurim. Yishlavim Shakasuv Matilalai. There are Isurim that the Torah says I can't do. Hakarashbrahu Machayevoti. Vishugacher Shalavim Olam Shalem Shalchiyuvim Shani Yacho Litsor Latsmi. I could create Chiyuvim for myself. Beezras Nidarim Konamos Vi Isuras Isarim. Yeshbev Shorasil of Nos Mivnes Shalem Sheshlo as Kala Tokef. 
Sheish Ludvarim Shem Torah Misinai. You can have all the tokef. It's just as, just like it's an, it's an iser. Right? The Gemara talks about Davar Hanadur, Davar Haasur. Right? So, it's, it's an amazing concept. Turning over the page. Echani. Answer Shaitos. Where does this power come from? Echani Ploni Akatan. Shlotzarach Lios Gado, Lobachachma, Lobiyira, Vagam Lobikdusha. I don't have to be God. I can be a simple Jew. A simple Jew. Yosef. A simple Kama Yosef Ika Bashuka, Rav Yosef said. Yochol Ligrom Lakach Shadar Masuyim Yeh Kadosh. Ech Notzeres Mahush Shal Kedusha. Where does that, where does that come from? Where does that come from? And he continues. He continues and says, Kedug Maladavar. An example is given with a, with a story which we're not going to read, but he says we have the same idea by Truma. Right, we are mafrish. We declare something. We have the power to declare something with a status of truma, of uh, of hektish, of of any any type of of um, mitzvah, bikurim. We designate. So where does that koach come from? So says of Steinzels now on the left side, ma'arachot shel kedusha, binedarim ubehektish roim, shemeiver lekoach hakedusha lekoach iser haragil, yesh gam es kochos shel haadam. As we just said, we have the power to create. It must be that it, there has to be a starting point. That we can asser something. Asser means it's kadosh to me. It's separated and um, sanctified to or from me. Where does that come from? Yishman kadosh, makom kadosh, am kadosh. Because we are Kadosh. And the root of our Kadusha could spread. We could create Kadosh time. We could create Kadosh place. We could create a, a Beis HaMedrash and a Beis HaKnesses. And it comes through all of the Kadushas that we could, we could expand. The Gemara Sanhedrin even says, the first Mishnah, that we could expand Kadusha that Hashem started. Hashem gave Shabbos. We could expand that. We could create. We could add on to Kedusha. Right? The, the Yerushalayim. We could be marchiv the Yerushalayim and the, and the Heichal, right? Using proper uh, mechanisms with the Bezdin and the Karbanos. But we see at root there's Kedusha and it spreads. Line 21. Shamrom she'ekronit ain't shum iko laharchiv es ha-Kedusha. Kedusha se'yachot s'richem melech, navish de Karbanos. Even Kedusha's Yerushalayim. But it's all... Additional, Tosefes Shabbos, Tosefes Yantif, Tosefes Yom Kippur, right? We add on, we add on to Kedusha. We could even add on to Kedusha amongst people, right? We could add on to Zman, we could add on to Makom, right? Where do we have adding on to Kedusha? Ager. Where does that Kedusha come from? Next page. Hamaftia Mikol Hushafila B'Kedusha's Yisrael Yish Dover Kazeh. Anachli Cholim L'Kabel Gerim. We know somebody is not Jewish. He does not have Kedusha's Yisrael. How do we do that? There's a Nishmas Yisrael. So, so what are we doing? How, how is it that, that Kedusha changes to an animal, to a person, and to a neder? We create Kedusha in an item. The answer is because it starts from us. Right, it must be a hemshech of our own kedusha. Right, even by gerim, there's a discussion in the postgame about the bezdin by gerus. Every gerus is a covenantal event. It's a it's like the gerus of Maimon Arsina. We all became gerim. It was like Baruch Hu and us. So 
by a, by a ger, where's HaKadosh Baruch Hu? The answer is the Bezin is the representation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Gerus. But it's an extension of that Kedusha. Says now on the bottom. Bizman Azesh, Kvarin Afshoros Lakriv, Karbanos Lashem. Bechalzos, we can be Makdish Dvarim. Kshadam wrote, said, Bechalzos Lahakdish Mashu. We could be Makdish an item. We could Asser an item. Aniacholokacha Zman. I could be Makdish Zman. I could be Makdish, um, Kochos of mine. That's Kedusha. Tia Amram Sheilam, Zeyachul, Begeder Shal Neder, Ogeder Shal Shvua, Bechulu, Aval, Imani Omer Lamashal. I will sit and learn Zman Mesuyam. Right? This is my, the time for learning. I'm Makdish that. I create Kedusha. It all starts with the Kedusha's Israel. And Mamela, then that could expand and go out. So if I recognize the Kedusha that I have, then I could create statuses outside of me. And that's what Nadarim reflects. The Koach of a person to be Makdish. And in that way, uh, they can then, uh, extend that just like in Zman, so too in Makom, and even in Kedushas Yisrael as well. But the first step is to recognize our own, our own Kedusha. And once we're on the topic of Nidarim, we move over to the thought of the Lubavitcher Rebbe in the Gutnik Chumash in source number six. Well, Lubavitcher Rebbe notes, maybe it's even a Machlokas Rishonim, maybe it's even a Machlokas Tanoim. The Gemara expresses different views about a Nazir, whether a Nazir is something positive or not. Uh, but the Lubavitcher Rebbe has it as a Machlokas between the Yerushalmi and the, uh, and the Mishnah. And that is, is Nadarim supposed to be looked at as something positive? In the Torah, you don't get any impression. It's just a section of Nadarim, right? We have the laws. It doesn't say, is it a good thing? Is it not a good thing? It's counted as a mitzvah. Um, but is it not? Sometimes you have halachas in the Torah, and it's not 100% clear whether this is something positive or not, right? We even have the mysterious question that's asked by the Rishonim, and that is the Parsha of Melech, right? Just as a parallel. Parsha of Melech and Parsha Shoftim. Som tasim alecha Melech. So the question is, all the Rishonim ask, why did Shmuel Anavi get so upset when they ask for a Melech, right? All the Halachas are, are, are in, uh, are in the Torah. Is that just a Bidyeved? Is that a Bidyeved to have a king? Or is it just a, a, a reality that human beings need? So if you look in the, uh, this, the, uh, Parsha here, also we have Nadarim, we could ask a similar question. Is this something positive or not? So the um, Gemara in, in Nidarim Dafchaf and others say it's, it's something negative, right? It quotes from the Talmud Yerushalmi, one should avoid making vows, right? But the Mishnah says, what do you mean? The Mishnah Perkyavos, that Siyag uh, Lachachma, right? Then Siyag Lachachma Shtika, and maybe Nidarim are a good thing. Asu Siyag Torah, the beginning of Perkyavos. So says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, in truth, however, there's no contradiction. We're talking about different people. And maybe it's even this, I'll add, the same person but at different stages, of what we're at and where we find ourselves. The Mishnah addresses a person who cannot restrain himself from excessive physical indulgence, which interferes with his observance of Torah. For him, the only solution is to make a vow of abstinence. If somebody's in a situation where they need to totally cut, they need to totally say none, so then that, if that works for them, if that works for them, that's what is, uh, would be positive. The Talmud Yerushalmi talks about a better person who can utilize physical pleasures for holy purposes. For such a person, it would be inadvisable to abstain because the higher level of serving the Kaddish Baruch Hu is to be Makadesh, what's there, and not to reject it. 
to sanctify the physical world so that it becomes a home for God below. That really is the is the ultimate, as we know, to be what we have and not to and not to reject. And again, we just a mashallah, I was talking to somebody this week who in the past has uh, lost a lot of weight. And then I asked, do you still not, uh, not eating any carbohydrates, any of this? So they said, yeah, they, they started a little bit, but he said, it's easier for me just to say it's usher. It's easier for me to eat a little bit and to, just to have a little bit here, a little bit there. He said, it's much easier, black and white, to say, you know, so I was thinking a little bit about the concept of, of a nether. Once it's usher, it's usher. It's off limits, it's off limits. So sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need that. But let's say the higher level would be, if we don't need it, if we don't need the siyag, if we can serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu using all of the um, assets that we have in front of us. Based on the above, or Lavav Shari continues, maybe we could also appreciate why there's a concept of going to a Rav, Hataras Nadarim. Right? That's a person, a person could go to a Rav and, and be released from the vows. Right? That's difficult. Right, if the purpose of a vow, the purpose of a nether, is to guide me, to uh, prevent me from falling over the cliff of, uh, in spirituality. So how could the rabbi just get rid of that? I took this maybe l'shem shemayim. I took this in order to be able to, you know, go up the spiritual ladder. So then, what's he releasing? If a person has vowed to abstain from something physical, should he not be encouraged to do so by the sage and not be released by his vow? Is it the opposite of what a rub is supposed to do? Just release him and not uh, have him as part of part of his avodas Hashem? In truth, however, he answers, one who has at the highest level of godly service must involve himself with the physical world to sanctify it. And it is to this goal that the sage attempts to lift the person, rendering the vow unnecessary. unnecessary. Meaning, the Rav is supposed to be the archetype and the model of balancing between the Ruchani and the Gashmi world. To use, to use life to sanctify it, not to reject, but to be involved in our lives and eating and drinking and talking and being involved and sanctifying. So the Rav, if the Rav thinks that it's good for the person and the person has reached the level of balance, then he can be mat to the nether. If the Rav thinks that it's something that will be positive for the, for the person, otherwise not. But again, the answer of the, of the Lav Trebi is, it depends on where we are, it depends on who we are. Some behavior is good for some people and some behavior is good for, for others. There's a whole discussion of, uh, uh, Nazir, whether a Nazir is, is, uh, a good thing or not a good thing. Different day is in, in the, uh, in the, in the, in the Tanoim, right? That whether Nazir is a Chote, whether Nazir is a, uh, a Kadosh, right? Machlokas in the Gemara. And the Rambam even has, uh, the Rambam assumes that it's a, it's a chait, the, the, he focuses on, focuses on chait, and the, while the Ramban focuses on kadosh, uh, the Ramban even coming up with a tremendous chiddish. We've mentioned this in the past, that the carbon chattas that the Nazir brings at the end of his Nazirus is, so to speak, al-shem ha'asid, because he is no longer remaining to be a Nazir, and that's why he brings a carbon chattas for that decision or for the future that he ha- he's not keeping this up. Fascinating suggestion of the Ramban, because he's so convinced that the uh, being a Nazir is, is something positive. Okay, so this is all relating to the Parsha of Nadarim. Now let's go into the next section of the Parsha, and that is the war with Midian. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu was given the command to take revenge from the Midyanim, 
who caused us to suffer and to be plagued. And then Moshe Rabbeinu is told, that's it. He's going to die. This will be his last uh, major exercise. By Dar Moshe El Moshe turns right around and says, Heichaltsu meitchem anashin letzava. Heichaltsu. What is Heichaltsu? Right? Rashi says, look in the Targum, look in the, the uh, Unkelis. Lashin chalutsei tzava. Right? They're army personnel. Mizuyanim. Armed. Armed. That's what the Unkelis says. Zrizu menchon guvrin lechela. Right, Zerizu, right, get, uh, act with Zerizu saying, and, and get them, hey Chaltzu. That's Rashi, hey Chaltzu. But interesting, if you look in the Simon Labanim, Rav Kashtiel, uh, in his Sefer, uh, so he writes, if you think about the Parsha, there's a word that seems to appear in more than one context. He says, really, Parsha's Matos, focusing on the first Parsha, before we get to the, uh, to the next one. Parsha's Matos is split up into three sections. The first section is the Parsha of Nadarim. The second section is the parsha of Melchemes Midian, right? And they gathered and they fought. And number three, topic number three is Bnei Gad Bnei Ruvain, right? They, their their request. They request to settle on the east side of the Jordan. With Moshe Rabbeinu first getting upset. And then Moshe making the condition, the condition which forms the basis of all laws of conditions. And their, the willingness and the acquiescence and agreement of the Bnei Gadam and Eruvain to take part in the, in the, uh, the battles. On Kiba Sha'aretz, Betor Chalutzim, you have to go and Chalutzim Tavru, right, you have to go and, um, Take part, and then you can go back. Then you can go back. So it's three separate uh, topics that don't really have to do with each other. You have the parsha of Nedarim, you have the parsha of Midyon, and the parsha of um, the uh, Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain. Parsha's Nedarim, right? Seems like Nedarim is just stuck in there. And it should be even earlier. Right? The Midyan should be before the Parsha of Nadarm. It's as if the Midyan is put next to Bnei Gadam and Eruvain. As if to, to teach us something, to connect the two, connect the two stories. It says of Kashiel, there's one word that appears in both sections, section two and three. And maybe the Torah is trying to put them together for some reason. Mila Achas. Source number eight now. Mila achas mechaberes eshnei hanosim ha'achronim b'parsha. Hanikama b'midyan v'aheskim im b'nei gad b'nei ruvain. Right, the fight with Midian and the agreement uh, and the bris, the covenant with b'nei gad b'nei ruvain. When Moshe asks them lehiskayes l'mochama, what was the word, the word we used? Chalutzim hey chalutzu. Vayimasu me'alfei Yisrael elaf lamatashdei masar elaf chalutzei tzava. Ha'am moser chalutzim. The Am gives chalutzim. Chalutzim means those that go first. A chalutz, a pioneer. Milazu chozeres besofa parsha. That exact word appears later on in the parsha. Bnei Gadu Bnei Ruvain. Megabshim es aheskem umoshe. Right? They they they're megashim. They they fulfill. Hamila chalutz chozeres sheva paamim. Vanachnu nechalitz chushim. Im techalzul of nei Hashem. Vavarlochem kol chalutz. Chalutz chalutz. So that appears earlier. That's in both Parshios, section one and section two. Mahu chalutzia. So what is the message? What is the message of being a chalutz? Likrat parachadash, ektar chadash, ishio lo'umi. 
It says of Kashtiel, if we're ever facing a new chapter, a new challenge, personal or national, we're nervous. Human beings, we don't like to be, we don't like to go into an area that has not been tread. Any project and any type of, of uh, starting a new, a new path, you know, it's, it's not easy. Charting a new path. It's always easy to go exactly, you know, what my older siblings did, what my parents did. It's much easier to follow that way. It's much easier to be number two. To be the guinea pig, the pioneer, that's hard. If I go after number two one, then I'll be number two and that's good. Right? If we don't know, if we're the first, so then it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking. We have a lot of questions. I want security. I want guarantees. I don't want to be first. Without that, the opposite is a chalutz. A chalutz goes without guarantees. A chalutz goes first because they believe in the mission. We're going to go, follow me. Follow me! And that's the motto in Jewish armies. The general doesn't stay back. The general goes first. And that's what a chalutz is. And that's what B'nai Gona B'nai Ruvain promised to do. We're not just going to be behind. We're going to do what we can't. This is a crucial ingredient for battle and for life to be a pioneer, to go out and start new projects. And sometimes it's it's difficult and challenging because the unknown is is something that we're we're not comfortable with. We find many times in history that the women Badafka, Rav Kashiel says, the women Badafka were the ones that were able to have this attitude. Bischus Nashim Sidkani Yosnegali Yisrael, Bischus the righteous women we went out. Various times we had challenges and difficulties. We were ready to give up. We were ready to, to not do. The women were the ones that got over the challenge. And they were the ones to push, sometimes themselves and sometimes to push their husbands and to push the men. Right? What happened with Miriam? Miriam, we're going to go into new territory of, of babies being thrown into the river. The Herak Zera, babies being thrown into the, into the Nile. We're not going to, this is a untreaded, right, un, water that, that, that is new. Kasher Amram Girechet Tishto Beglag Zeras Haparal Abanim. Haisazu Miriam, Asher Garma Lavi Alachserba. Miriam caused him to retake Mashehevi Laledas Moshe. So, Chova Lishmar Lahagena Skulazu, this is a Mida. That is crucial to take initiative. Initiative has with it risks. Initiative has with it difficulties and challenges. To go fight Midian after what they did to us, who's going to be the first in the battle? They tried to remove that from us, that feeling. But we had to go straight. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu demanded from B'nai Gada B'nai Ruvain. Not only are you going to take part, but you have to be the fighters. You have to be the ones that go first, and that's and that's what we do. And the Haftorah for Parshas Matos that we read last week, right? The first of the three weeks, the Kaddish Baruch Hu says he remembers. He remembers our pioneering initiative, 
As the Pasuk in Yirmiyo says, It was a reflection of love. To follow Hashem into the Midbar, into uncharted waters, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembers that. And that's a message for life. Right, the message for life is sometimes we have to be a follower, but we could also be some, do something new. Even in the, our personal areas, I'm going to do something new in to, to try to to, uh, to raise up my family. I'm going to be a chalutz. I just read last night something beautiful. Just a little a little tip, but it's something that I've never done. But I read it in a, in a, in a book. Somebody we know Chanoch Lanaro Pidarko. So it's hard because. We each have our own uh, families, and sometimes we like to just we put them in the same educational institutions. We give them the same, you know, we're the same people, but we have to be different people for different children. So there was a, there was a, a I saw in a Sefer in a book that somebody, after they, they give their children brachas Friday night, right, it's all the same bracha, right, for a boy, and then for a girl, you see mech. He quoted that he whispers something personal into each of their ears. Something personal about them. Something about, I'm proud of you. Something, um, I'm, uh, I noticed this this week. Um, I know you had a challenging week. Whatever it is, something personal to make the bracha personal. And I thought that I never heard that before. To personalize there at that moment. But you know what? Oh, I'm going to start this new. It's never been done. Be a chalutz. Be a pioneer. Be someone who takes initiative and goes into, what is my child going to think about it? You know what? Maybe they'll think it's weird at the beginning, but, you know, they'll, they'll appreciate it. A child, a grandchild, whatever it is, just as an example. Again, not something that we have to do, but just as an example of going into areas and starting new, starting new ideas. Okay. So we continue with another thought relating to Midian, and then Beth Hashem will get into the next parsha, a few thoughts on Maseh. Says the Pasik, as we just read, hey, chalzume itchem, anashim latzava. What, who are Anashim? Get Anashim. Rashi quotes one word, Tzadikim. Tzadikim from the Tanchuma. V'chein b'char lanu Anashim. V'chein Anashim chachamim v'yiduim. Right, Tzadikim. The Medrash tells us, and look at the Siva Shalom, source number nine. The Medrash tells us, Shekal shnei masar elef sha'ochalu mechemes midyan. What, they were Tzadikim. How were they Tzadikim? So the Medrash tells us, Shekal Shonei Masar Elef Shahol Chulam Mechemes Bidyan, all 12,000 men. Lo Hikdim Echad Mehen Tilan Shal Rosh, Lo Tilan Shal Yad. They never switched the order. They never put on the Shal Rosh before the Shal Yad. That was their Gablus. Shilu Ikdim Echad Mehen, Ohayim Moshe Beshabchan. If they had switched the order, if one had put on the Shal Rosh before the Shal Yad, Moshe would not have praised them so much. Velo Hayo Olim Misham Beshalom, they wouldn't have succeeded. They were such tzaddikim. So ask the Nesiv Shalom, what's the message? Right? We know the Gemara in Sota, they were in Mafsik between Shalosh Yatzel and Shalosh. So this is not that. This is not a question of Hefsik, it's a question of order. Right? Why is it, what's the godless of having the Halacha, Shalosh Shalosh before Shalosh Shalosh? We know it's even a Dover Li'ikuva. Right? We know if somebody picks up their Tefillin before their Talis, then we pass the name Avir and Alamitzvah. So you put on your Tefillin first. That's why in the Talis bag, if somebody has a Talis and Tefillin, they have to make sure the Talis is on top. You take the talis out first, right? If you put your, take your tefillin out first, that's a, that's a halacha question. You really put your tefillin on. But we paskin, shel rosh and shel yad? No, no, that's li'ikufa. And even if I picked up the shel rosh first, I put it down, and I have to put on the shel yad. So why? What's the significance of ukshartem lo'os al yadecha? 
And that's why they're called Sadiqim Dafka here. The Ishlavar, Mau Inyanam Yuchad, Shahuskarkan, line seven. Fakpeda Lakachas Fatsava Dafka, Kiil Keelu, and Dafka to this battle in Midian. Dafka to take those who fulfill this mitzvah fillin. Madua Dafka Bimachemis Midian, Hayitrikam Latadikam Keelu, that they weren't mocked him out of order. Even different that we don't need this in Melchemes Sichon Vaog, Dafka here. Dafka here. We find it. V'yeshlomar says the Nesiv Shalom. Tine kol ha-yadus shal Yehudig tuluyah b'mitzvah tefillin. The whole message of tefillin is the basis of our Yahadus. Ve'ad she'im eno manicham b'ikra karkafta d'lomanach tefillin. Right? The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. That if we don't put it on, it's a status. It's like a, uh, a, um, a skull that doesn't wear tefillin. So what exactly is that? Ubir ma'os enyim yuchad. What is it about tefillin? And we know the Romans, out of all the Xeris, tefillin was one of them. We have two major centers, our mind and our heart. In the mind and the heart, that controls everything. That controls everything, how we feel and what we think. Our job is to channel and to subjugate both of these centers to Hashem. And if I do that, if I could get my heart, my, my, my kidneys would follow and my lungs will follow and everything else will follow. My heart and my mind, those are the controllers, so to speak. And this is what tefillin is about. Like those who have the minute of saying L'shem Yichud, and even if one doesn't say the first line of L'shem Yichud, the Kabbalistic line, but the rest of it, there's nothing wrong with that. That's about the Kavana that one is supposed to have. Right, the shell rosh is connected my brain. You all have to be So, what does tefillin do? Tefillin takes my heart and takes my mind and connects it to Hashem and recognizes that they are servants. We give over our heart and our mind. And that's the message of mitzvah tefillin. And I might add, this message is for women too. Right? We don't wear, women don't wear tefillin. But the message, maybe it's more natural for them to be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, As many point out. But either way, this is the message that our heart and our mind have to be Connected. Our heart symbolizes our desires. Our desires that we have to be mishabed. And the the in the mind. Right? We have to the 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 the, the mind. It's all about the decisions. That is why Tefillin Shoyak comes before. Why? Because first comes the emotion. The emotion, the desires. Then, if I could objectify that, then I could think straight. Because Taiva, if we're subject to Taiva, then, then we're, not, uh, we're not in control. 
Right? We can know something is, is bad, but if I have a taiva, I know this food is bad for me, but if I, if I don't control my desire, so then it doesn't matter what I know. Right? That, that desire is, you know, I know I'm on a, I should be on a diet, but, but that desire is going to overcome. If there's a problem with my heart, then my brain is going to be crooked. If somebody has a, a desire, sometimes people are, are subjective. They think they're objective, but because they have a certain um, a, a desire, a certain agenda, agendas start with the, with the heart. And then they convince themselves that it's in the mind, that it's totally logical. So if we could fix our heart... Then we could fix that. And that's what you needed by Midyan. Because by Midyan Bedafka, we needed the Shalyad before the Shalrosh. Because in Midyan, we know that was a Melchama of Taiva. That was a Melchama that Bilam said, their God is Sone Zima. And therefore, that's where he went for the jugular. He went for the Avera that he knew, Akadosh Baruch Hu hates, and he knows the strongest Taiva that a human being has is in the area of, of, of Znus. It's the strongest taiva that we have. And that's what Midian went for. And that's why Dafka here, we needed Sadiqim, meaning those who have, are in control of their, of their desires and their chukos. The Alpizem Mavuar. Why? Right? Every every enemy symbolizes something different. Amalek is different. Amalek is about kfir and hashgacha. Right? Uh, every every one of our our enemies symbolizes some other power to undermine us. But Midian is about Midian is about Znus. And that's how Bilam tried to get us. He tried to put the, the Shalrosh in front of the Shalyad. He tried to impurify us. The first is the lave. You have to have these types of men that were mishabed their heart to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and memela mishabed the chushim v'kochoseim. And that's what we have to think about whenever we put on our tefillin every single morning. Sometimes we're half asleep to try to come a little bit earlier to try to focus to say that paragraph even again even if one doesn't say all the l'shem yichuds and you all like to know to be Yehuda but but the paragraph before tzitzis and tefillin you want to skip the first line you can skip the first line but the rest of it is all about the kavana that's in the shulchan aruch about the shabed alev and the shabed the the mind that's exactly what he's what he's talking about and he even says in the continuation maybe that's what shabbos is about shabbos also substitutes and gives us the message about tefillin hine bechol yemos hashavua miskayim inyan zayde tefillin vilu b'shabbos kodesh shabbos kodesh we don't have it we don't have the uh the message of tefillin on Shabbos, but that's okay because Shabbos helps us think straight as well. Shabbos, Shabbos maybe stands for Shabbos b'makom tefillin. He quotes from the Sfarim Hakadoshim. Shabbos ksiv ladas kaniyashem Shabbos is the mitas hadas that's kolelas the moach and the lave, and it has both of these. We could think straight, we could feel straight, we could have proper taivas on Shabbos uh, because it's all it's all makudash, it's all sanctified, right? Anything we eat on Shabbos. Is Lakavit Shabbos, right? Husbands and wives, the Gemara talks about a special time to be together on Shabbos, right? So we're channeling on Shabbos all of the Taivas. 
to Avodas Hashem. And that, of course, is the message of Tefillin, as we just said. Okay. Moving right along, we get into Parsha's Masse, the last Parsha here in Sefer Bamidbar. And we start off with Rabbeinu Bachai. We could do Rabbeinu Bachai really every week. I think every time we do one of these, uh, we say that. But Rabbeinu Bachai starts off every Parsha, according to Pasuk in Mishlei, discussing it at length and then relating that Pasuk to the beginning of the to the beginning of the parsha. So here he starts off with the pasuk in Mishlei: "Reish is chachma kene chachma, ubechal kenyancha kene bina." Shlomo Hamelach. Shlomo Hamelach says the first chachma, first chachma, you have to get chachma. What does that mean? Shlomo Hamelach alav shalom li meidaz esaam because of azeh sheyiknu charishon elashara chachmas. The first chachma that we have to get is Torah. There's many chachmas in the world. Right? The Vilna Gaon was an expert in every chachma. There are many chachmas in the world, but the first chachma has to be Torah. Not just first in chronological, but the basis of all other chachmas. If we study any other chachma without being steeped in Torah, so then that chachma could pull us away and give us a warped sense of reality, as we're going to see Rabbeinu Bachai says. V'yamar, b'reishis shara chachmas k'nei chachmas ha-Torah. Right, the first chachma, reishis chachma, k'nei chachma, the ultimate chachma. Right, before other Chachmos. Once you get the Chachma of Torah, then you'll require Bina to know how to apply and to understand the other Chachmas. You need the deep understanding. Give all of your money. Whatever it takes. Even to give away everything you have. That is ultimate. The ultimate asset that we could have is Chachma, Chachma Satorah. tell us this. To be kona Torah before all other chachmas. Why? If we would first involve ourselves in other wisdoms, as uh, the chachmas Yevanis says, the Gemara Menachah says, We'll turn away from ultimate chachma and we'll have faulty assumptions and ways to view the world. And we'll have to undo that. It's much harder to undo something than to have it straight in the first place. If we first view life through a Torah lens, so it's so when a person, a child is young, to give him the esodos ha'emuna. If that's the foundation, we could build on that other chachmas. It's not as dangerous, and we're not going to be as confused because it's built on those chachmas. Because chachmas Torah is pure, pure, and that's what David Hamelach says. It's purity. It's cleansed. It's cleansed kasef. That's step one, says Rabbeinu Bachai. And he continues. And he takes it one step further. Other chachmas might be compared to silver, but not pure silver. There's, there's impurities. All other chachmas have, are, are valuable, 
but they're not pure, they're not perfect. It's like purified silver. The ultimate purity is the Chachma of Torah. And that's what Shlomo HaMelech says, First Chachma Torah. If you didn't first learn and acquire this Chachma, Valora, Betorah, Beer, Haosios, Vahamovsim, Vanis, Magdolim. We don't see the world and life through those Torah glasses. Then we might just see that what's in front of us, what you see is what you get. We can just believe in, in Teva, in nature. And he says, fascinating. Why is Teva called Teva? Because we could get Tavua, we could get, we could drown. If we only focus on Teva, nature, we think nature has its own power and its own existence, then we're just going to drown in this world. And we're not going to recognize that there is a Bore. Mother Nature has a father, as we've said. If we're not careful. Like somebody who doesn't know how to swim. And he just drowns. Right? We'll, we'll, we'll doubt the Osos and the We won't realize. We'll look back. Maybe it wasn't a miracle. Maybe it was a big tide, like the Mitzrayim thought. We'll think only what you see. We'll think throughout the desert, two million people in the desert, without any shade, without any protection, without food, without water. Yeah, maybe they were near civilization. Maybe they were not miraculous. Maybe it was near the Yishuv. Maybe there was merchants that used to sell things and used to plant things. Like the Rambam, he quotes from the Maranavuchim. Maybe there were water and wells and oasis. Line 27. To uproot this false Wisdom. To be koveya, to set in our hearts the emuna of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaTorah, HaTorah, to know, to prove to us, the Heira Seinenu, Vodiosanu, the Torah that lights up our eyes and leads us, Ki Amidbar Ahu Lo Midbaros, to recognize and to remember that this Midbar was not like other Midbars. And it was not Karvela Yishuv. That you could plow it or plant it. There was no water, there was no Mayim. That's what the Torah lenses are for. And top of the next page, Even one day a person couldn't live there. Millions of people, 40 years. It's unfathomable. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to remember that. To strengthen the emuna in our hearts regarding this. The Torah goes through all 42 stations. List them over and over. Every one at the beginning of Masai. By name, you know exactly where they are. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's amazing the story and it teaches us forever. Kodesh Baruch was in charge. 
She is parsi mapela hagadol l'shaa bein ha'amim for that generation. Shabosu adar shor shamu eshema mitzrayim. They heard about it. For yoyodim ksas mi hamakomos she ain't beteva adam liyosham. They knew some, but for generations, for that generation and for all generations, she is parsi gamkin l'doros haboyim asher lo roa inyan v'tiyeh emuna kfua belibam. But Osama Doros, as we read about it, to tell all the generations, it's not Teva that we're going to be Tovua and drown in. No. It's as the Ramban talks about at length in the end of Parsha's bow. Moshe va'aron, beautiful lashon. The two go alim, Moshe and Aaron. So through the Anan, Moshe and Aaron, v'zeu sh'amer akasov, and this is what's meant. And then he goes into the parsha, elu mase. That's why the masos are listed because to give us that message. Okay, we're up to the last thought from the Klayakar. You know, we're not going to do the Klayakar on the sheet. We're just going to do one other thought that's not on the sheet that we mentioned a number of years ago that I wanted to uh, to review for a moment. Right, the Pasuk at the end of, towards the end of Masse talks about the Ari Miklat. There's a lot about the Ari Miklat, uh, of the separation of the Ari Miklat, the six Ari Miklat, three on the east side, three on the on the west side, as the Pasuk says, Ishlosha Arim Titnu Meivar Hayardain, Veshlosha Arim Titnu Beretz Kanan, Are Miklat Tihiana. They should be cities of refuge. Rashi quotes, Magid, Sha'afapi, Shehivdo Moshe Bechayev, Shalosh Arim Beber Yardain. Why are they called six? There's only three that Moshe was going to do. To teach us that even though Moshe separated and designated in his life the three cities, Beber Yardin, Lohayu Koltos, they did not function. Until Yeshua separated his three on the west side. Six and six. They asked the Chafetz Chaim, so why didn't Moshe just wait? He didn't have to be designated anything. After everybody goes in, then Yeshua will designate all six. Why didn't Moshe already designate three if they weren't going to work, so to speak? It explains the Chafetz Chaim. It explains the Rambam hundreds of years before the Chafetz Chaim. Because if we get a chance to do any type of mitzvah, even a chati mitzvah, even a portion, even if a mitzvah is not going to be totally um, mo'il and effective yet, we still do it. Because a Jew jumps at a chance to do every mitzvah. A Jew jumps at the opportunity to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in all different ways. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu teaches us. What emotion was the ultimate? He was so close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was the Navi that we learned before, Zehadavar. He reached the Zehadavar level. He needed an extra half a mitzvah that wasn't even going to uh, to apply in the uh, until until uh, many uh, you know many months later. After. Yes, because Moshe Rabbeinu had the attitude of this is an opportunity that I could get to. This will be mechazek me, and this will be mechazek all of Klal Yisrael. Chazak, chazak, benis chazek. The way we get chizik is to use every opportunity, even for a partial mitzvah, even for a uh, semi fulfillment. That's our attitude. Right, we have to have the attitude of mitzvot are opportunities and possibilities and not burdens, and in that way, we'll be able to be zocha to binyan beis hamikdash. Okay, we'll stop here.